This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Are you wary of the language that you use in the office? There is a concern at times that the use of jargon in the workplace can end up being a negative for your career. James Sudikow looks at this issue with his new book, Picking the Low-Hanging Fruit and Other Stupid Stuff that We Say in the Corporate World. James is the founder and principal of CH Consulting, which is a boutique management and organizational effectiveness firm. And he joins us on the phone right now. James, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, James. Uh, The idea to put this book together came from what? (laughs) So I started my career years ago working for one of the big four consulting firms, uh, Deloitte Consulting, and had a great experience there. But I do have to say that one of the things that I um, could not get out of the way of there was kind of the hurling around of all of these, what I thought were really strange expressions. And so I, I remember at one point I, I sat in a meeting and instead of paying attention to what I was supposed to be doing, which was probably the client work, I started writing down the terms that I kept hearing thrown around. <laughs> and then over time, that just kind of evolved into me putting it up on my whiteboard in my office. And it just kind of, you could say it evolved or devolved from there, basically. But that's, that. I mean, part of that is how we as humans kind of live our lives and we talk. I mean, that's, it's, it's a hard thing to break. And I'll throw back an interesting story from, from my way back past. I, I, I used to work in radio as a producer and I produced games, uh, baseball games for station here in Philadelphia of the Philadelphia Phillies. And so I was down, down at the stadium and I got to know some of the players. And one of the players, a uh, gentleman by the name of Don Carmen, pitcher, uh, he had he had a list that he had in his locker of about forty some odd baseballisms that when re- reporters would come to him and ask him questions, he was just so tired of talking to reporters. He would say number one, number seventeen, and number twenty five, and you, and you put those together, and that was supposed to be his response to the question. So th- oh, that's great. This is a hard thing for a lot of people to kind of get out of. It's a it's a it's a bad habit to a degree. Well, it totally is. And it's funny that you mentioned that. I like that guy already. Um, in, in my office at Deloitte, I literally had the entire whiteboard was filled with consulting expressions, at least as that's what I called them at the time. And I later learned when I joined other businesses outside of consulting that they were using them too. But it was expressions you weren't allowed to use in my office. And we had to right. actually find a way not to say drill down or boil the ocean or open the kimono. We had to say like normal words. Yeah. But you're right. It, it's a habit. And there's a rub off effect. I mean, it, it's so common and prevalent everywhere you go that it's hard for you not to do it, myself included. I, I, I don't like corporate jargon, but I found myself using a few expressions, especially after sitting in a meeting where they were being lobbed around a lot. And then I said it. I said, what the heck just happened? <laughs> I don't so, like these expressions. And I did it. So then who then in your mind is the perpetrator of keeping these phrases alive? I think we all are. You know, okay. it's one of those really interesting things. I mean, I could easily point back at my consulting friends, and I have a lot of friends that are still in the consulting business, and I run a consulting firm. Um, so you could easily do that because there is this concept of trying to kind of be on the leading edge or talk about new ways of saying things. I mean, one right. of the challenges that we have in the business world is there's so much going on. 
There are so many initiatives. They all start to blend together. And I can see kind of where someone might say, hey, you know what, if we say this a little bit differently, it might stand out a little bit and people will pay attention to it. So I get that. There's actually a kernel of value in there where people are trying to speak in a way that gets people's attention because it's so hard to do in the business world. But I do think we're all kind of partially to blame for it, right? If we all kind of sat down and said, let me just try to talk about this in a normal way, the way I would talk um, to anybody else, we might actually be able to communicate better. I mean, that's the irony from my perspective. We are joined uh, on the phone by James Sudikow, who is the author of the book, Picking the Low-Hanging Fruit and Other Stupid Stuff We Say in the Corporate World. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON. 844-942-7866 is a number. Maybe you've heard a phrase that you're just like, that does qualify as something that would be part of that stupid stuff. Give us a call now, 844-942-7866. Or if you can't get to your phone, just tweet us that phrase, at BizRadio111, or you can use my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Uh, I, 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 I went through and I, I highlighted a bunch of these from, from your book, the ones that I wanted okay. to bring up. But before we get into that, what are your couple of favorites that, that you have from this book? Well, I, and when I say favorites, these are the ones that uh, make me say, look a funny expression on my face, if you will, when people say them. They're the ones that just irk me the most. But right. They're kind of funny. Um, so for me, one of the things that, that, I, that, uh, that, I, that I don't like is baking into the process. Yeah. I don't know where that <laughs> yeah. came from. Yeah. I don't know who came <laughs> up with it. But instead of just saying, we'll include this person or we'll include that process, somehow we decided we were going to bake it in. And I, I don't know. That one drives me nuts. I think the other one that, that I find particularly strange is tissue rejection. I don't know if you've heard that expression no, before, no. But, but it was very frequently used uh, when we were consulting, where we would be working with a client and we would be maybe presenting a concept or an idea that might be a little bit beyond what they're, you know, where they were able to take it at the time. And, and people would say, well, are we going to get tissue rejection on this? Basically making an allusion to, you know, some sort of transplant and the body rejects it, right? So okay. it's kind of this crazy visual image. And I've always, you know, I hear it even in healthcare, and I say, we got to be careful of talking about tissue rejection when we're working for a healthcare organization. So both of those are particularly annoying <laughs> to me. The, the, the bake it into the process was one that I actually had marked down. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think, what, what, what are we baking apple pies, you know, at I the know. CEO level these days? I, I know. And, you know, what's funny is that was the one that I when I mentioned earlier that the rub off effect, that was the one I used. And that's what yeah. was so funny about it. I can't stand it. And I actually said it in front of a large group. And I almost had this out of body experience where I said, what did you just do? Yeah, <laughs> you hate that expression. You just used it. Well, there's one other one that, that, that I marked. That I'll bring up now. And I use this and I've used this. I know as soon as I saw it in your book, I was like, oh, God, I use that. Uh, is look, I, I, I do this show from 10 a.m. to noon every day, and I have to prepare four lengthy interviews. You know, we're doing 20 to 25 minute interviews. That's that's you know, that's a little bit challenging at times. Yeah. And, and, and I have said this many times, and I say, when I get done this show at 12 noon Eastern time, I go back to my office and I just have a data dump. I, 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 I literally because I've done so much prep and I've got so much stuff in my head. All I want to do is go on the computer and look at stupid stuff. You know, yeah. I want to look. Uh, it, there's a. I'm gonna. I guarantee you, I'm gonna go watch this when I get off the air. There's a great video going around, and I, I encourage people to watch it. It was a rap showdown between David Schwimmer and James Corden. 
and it's making oh, it's making the rounds now, and it's phenomenal. And I guarantee I'm going to go watch it. But I I do a data dump at 12 noon Eastern time every day. Yeah, and that's a funny one too. So the whole concept of the data dump. I remember the first time I heard this, uh, you know, it's very typical on large projects, right? You walk in and, okay, we got to do a data dump. Right. And I was like, what does that even mean? And, and it's just kind of this overwhelming amount of information being thrown at people yep. in a way that they could never possibly internalize it. Yeah. So then they came up with this idea of calling it knowledge transfer, which I think was supposed to be the softer, gentler data dump, but it's the same thing. <laughs> well, so. so that can be a bad phrase unless you work in radio and you have a two-hour show. And then it's right. an okay phrase, right? Yeah, yeah. Use the data dump to kind of free your mind. That's okay. okay. All right. <laughs> the number to give us a call with your suggestions or questions about these phrases that you hear in the office is 844-WHARTON. 844-942-7866 is the number. Or can't get to your phone? Send us that phrase via Twitter at BizRadio111, B-I-Z Radio 111, or my Twitter account, which is at Dan Loney, L-O-N-E-Y 21. We go to Norton, Massachusetts. Anne is on the show. Anne, go ahead. Hi. Yeah. Um, I, the, the one expression I really can't stand anymore is, why do people have to reach out to each other? Why can't we just talk to each other or email each other? I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> I, I, where does that come from? We, we have never reached out to each other for something simple as a conversation. Um, All right. James, I mean, James, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I that, that's a great one, and it kind of brings to mind several others that are equally estranged. So now we have to talk live. That's in the book, which cracks yes, me up, right? Yes. Why do we have to reach out and talk live? I, I thought we were talking. And then there's, you know, there's getting your arms around things. There's all these, like, graphic images of things that we just kind of talk, right? <laughs> Why can't we just have a conversation or talk? I don't know where reach out came from, to be honest with you, um, but it certainly is annoying because it's we could just simply say, let's just have a conversation. I'll call you, right? Or I'll text you. And thanks very much for the call. 844-942-7866 with your suggestions of phrases. The talk live one is interesting because, you know, you and I are talking right now and we are live. And, yeah. and and maybe this goes to the fact that we replay this show at, at, at 10 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Pacific. And technically that wouldn't be live, but no, you get what I'm going at right there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. One of the other ones I marked down is, and obviously part of this is because of the smartphone revolution, uh, yeah. is I'll ping you. Pinging, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pinging, um, I <laughs> I couldn't help myself when I wrote the book. It just strikes of like Hunt for Red October. And, yeah, you know, absolutely, people. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think it started with tech. You know, I think that became kind of like the, the en vogue way of saying, hey, I'll just reach out or I'll text you or I'll email you or whatever. I'll contact you. But it, pinging just got out of control where people would – I would sit in meetings and everybody's like, I'll ping you after the meeting or Let's, I'll ping you later. And I, was, I sat in a meeting once and I just said, so you're just going to call me or you'll send me your text? Yeah. Um, so I don't – yeah, so it's a very strange expression. How, how many of these do kind of have a crossover from sports? And, and I, I say that because you have bench strength in here as one of them, which yeah. is, which is you know, obviously it's a term that is used quite often in sports, uh, but it, you wouldn't necessarily assume that it would link to business all the time. 
Right. Yeah. And I think there are some in the book that kind of come from sports, although not that many. You know, I think sports analogies have their own separate, you know, probably could write a book on that and you'd be incredibly equipped to do it from your previous experiences. But I I did a show once where, um, you know, the host was saying, you know, the other thing I really don't like are all the sports analogies that we use in the business world, especially if it's a global company, because half of the sports analogies we use make no sense to somebody else. And I literally (laughs) just had a conversation with someone who was in in Europe and she said they always want to make all these football analogies and we sit around the table and we're like I don't even know what they're talking about we play soccer <laughs> so it's just it's interesting the sports is a big one too right uh we got a bunch of people lining up to uh, to uh, bring ones up uh Junie in Newport North Carolina starts us off Junie go ahead well it's uh, kind of appropriate that you're talking about this one of the ones that I just can't seem to let go is low-hanging fruit. I use that all the time, and I kind of wonder, why do I use that? What is low-hanging fruit? What do you think about that one? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Junie. Yeah, that's a great one. Obviously, it was so prevalent that it made the title of my book. Um, I hear that literally every day, everywhere I go. And it's funny, um, you know, obviously, I I did some research on low-hanging fruit, and that one actually comes from back during the GE workout. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this stuff under Jack Welch way back in the day Mm. when they would do these workouts, and they would try to to figure out in an efficient way how do you find the stuff that's easy to get. How they got it, low-hanging fruit, I have no idea. I don't even say low-hanging fruit because I just can't stand the way it sounds, but I get your point. It's so common. So I just try to say, hey, what are the quick things we can get done? Um, but, yeah, low-hanging fruit is is super prevalent. Junie, uh, I would, it sounds like that, that gives you a little bit of a twitch every time you hear it. It gives me a little bit of a twitch. I, I am, I'm originally from the island of Antigua in the Caribbean. I remember um, you know, just reaching up off the ground and picking a mango from the tree, and so – you know, when I use it, I think in those terms, but uh, I find myself using it and sometimes wondering, why am I saying that at this time? But well, anyway, let thank me, you very well, much. Well, no, hold, hey, Junie, hold on one second. Let me ask you this. Since you are from Antigua, are, are there any phrases that are used down there that you know of? Well, um, oh, my goodness. Um, it's been so long. I, okay. I really don't remember. A lot of it is about um, sticky wicket. Um, this sticky situation wicket. is like a sticky wicket. It's yeah. an old cricket. It's uh, you know playing uh, playing cricket uh, when you're in a kind of a, uh, a challenging situation. You right. know, this is kind of a sticky wicket. This right. is one of the ones I remember. Junie, thanks very much for the call. Let's go out to Palo Alto, California. Amanda, Amanda, go ahead. Hi, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, go ahead. Um, I love this topic. <laughs> I have a few that really get me going, but I think my number one is when someone asks me what my bandwidth is. Ah, uh, yeah, right. right. <laughs> I, I'm a human, not not whatever they're asking about, and it. I don't know. I automatically react to that question. That's a yeah, th- that's a good one. Yeah, and that one always. I, I love the way you just put it. I mean, part of the reason that that I try to get people not to use all these terms is exactly what you just said. I mean, we're people. Right. And so to talk about it in these terms kind of takes away the fact that we're humans. Right. What is your bandwidth? Well, we could just say, you know, how much how much room do you have to be able to do this? Are you available? Do you have enough to do it? Right. But to talk about bandwidth always feels a little strange. I agree. Amanda, thanks very much for the call. Actually, somebody tweeted us in. Tweeted us in another one that you have in this uh, book uh, is rubber meets the road. Uh, and and the last time I checked every time that there's rubber on the road, it's meeting it. That's right. (laughs) 
<laughs> get in the car and drive, man. Unless, and unless, the, the road. unless there's an accident. What, what yeah. is it? What was it about that one that that, that kind of got under your skin? The rubber meeting the road. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that it's just used so frequently. I mean, and you sit there in meetings and people will talk, and, and I'll use one of the expressions from the book, they'll talk at the quote-unquote 20,000-foot level. Um, yeah, and that, it's used that, as a way of trying to get us down to, like, the ground level of what's actually going to happen. Right. But, you know, they all sit there and say, hey, when the rubber hits the road, that's when we're really going to find these things out. So, again, it's just so overused that I think it loses the impact that it's trying to have. Lisa is in Orange County, California. Lisa, go ahead. Yes, I think um, this is a great topic, and I thought I'd share a story. When I was in a meeting with a team of executives, one of my managers was so frustrated with the use of deep dive. Uh, yeah. that in, in the actual in the presentation, what he did when the executives asked for a deep dive, the front page was actually a scuba diver going under the water. Oh, God. So he, <laughs> Fantastic. He actually just kind of played on it because he couldn't stand all those, uh, all those kind of, I guess you call them, you uh the different uh, slang you use in different consulting speaks. So I just thought that was a w- great way to kind of give them exactly the visual we saw when they asked for a deep dive on our business unit. Great. Yeah. That's great, Lisa. Thanks very much for the call. 844-942-7866 is the number. we got a few more minutes with James Sudakow. We're talking about uh, these phrases that you hear in the office that you're just like, where in the heck did that come from? Uh, your comments, again, at 844-942-7866. Or, if you'd like, you can send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Uh, you also have the the elephant in the room yeah. uh, phrase, which is also there. And I think that, that also they use that gorilla as well uh, in, in that one as well, yeah. correct? Yeah, there's that one, and then there's the you know the the redheaded stepchild, which you may have yeah. may not have heard of the dead moose on the table, which is you know really strange. <laughs> I hadn't heard um, that one before. <laughs> yeah, it's not used as common. You have to be really, really, really good at using corporate expressions to be throwing the dead moose on the table out there. You know that that's how we know you're you're in- incredibly adept at it. But yeah, often in the room, I even use, and I'm embarrassed every time I do it. So now I just tell people, look, I'm going to use a terrible expression, but we got to talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah, I hate yeah. it. Um. <laughs> is that by the way? Is is it law that the dead moose in the room has to be used in Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire? It might be. I yeah. think it might be. Okay. It's, it's a regional one. You you also have in here uh, change agent and change network. Yes. Go into those two as well. Yeah. So change agent is is a great one. So you know. Companies are always trying to transform and change, and they're always trying to find these people that have now been labeled as change agents, these people that are influential, that people listen to. So the concept's really good, right? How do we help get people who everybody else wants to listen to, regardless of their title or level, to help kind of make the change? But calling them a change agent always kind of gives this, like, secret operative kind of visual (laughs) to me. And then the change network is all these change agents kind of working together across this network. So the whole thing just kind of reeks of special ops to me yeah well another person tweeted us in in the real world <laughs> right <laughs> I, I mean I, I mean I, I, again it, it's not I mean the world we live in is real correct unless we're living in the matrix which could be scientists are I think 50 percent sure that we might be <laughs> but at the end of it well, yeah I sit there and I say we are in the real world aren't we here's the here's the trick this this was sent in by a, a by a professor so he said, or he or she, I apologize, as a prof, I constantly hear in the real world, I don't work in a fantasy world or other dimension. 
<laughs> exactly. It sounds like it sounds like you have the 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 uh, the level here to be able to do a follow up book uh, with this. Well, it's funny that you say that because there there were literally I think thirty forty terms left you know quote unquote on the table. I don't know how I didn't put them <laughs> in, but we <laughs> I can't even talk without using them right now. Right. I have to air quote myself. Um, but yeah, there's there's quite a few uh, more from the listeners and from what I had left. Well, and, and you also use harness the organic process. And when I when I first saw that, I was like, "What are we talking about? Horses and racing here?" Or, or you that's know, right. you know, uh, th- that's another one, right? Oh yeah, and that one to me is particularly strange. I mean, usually organizations are using this organic process to talk about like internally grown. Um, that's sure. what they mean. Yeah. How it came to that? I mean, I go to you know medical marijuana at times. That's you know <laughs> we're looking at an organic process. I don't know. It's a strange expression. Uh, Cross pollination. I wanted to bring that up, and the reason why is seemingly that that word I'm guessing was probably used a lot by the people at Wells Fargo during this whole recent to do <laughs> about bank, you know, banking accounts and such. It certainly might have been. Yeah, that's clearly the uh, the illegal version of cross pollination, right? Yeah. 844-942-7866. A couple of minutes left with James Sudikow. You're more than welcome to jump on the line with this. Uh, again, I, 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 this is one of those books that I think resonates with so many people out there that you probably could take you could take suggestions from people on Twitter or on Facebook, and you could probably do a whole series of these. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny, that was one of the ideas we had, which was, hey, let's put this out and let's see which ones we're missing that are particularly annoying to everyone else. There's tons of them out there, right? I mean, there's just so many. The one that I found recently that I thought was just ridiculous is, I don't know if you've been paying attention to branding campaigns, but reimagine and reinvent is really prevalent these days to the point where I saw motor oil the other day being advertised as reimagined. And I was like, could I come home and tell my wife that I bought this motor oil because it had been reimagined? I mean, she'd be like, (laughs) you got to get some more sleep. (laughs) It's crazy. Well, it's one thing if you're recycling the oil, but reimagining it, I, I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with it. Uh, for people yeah. that would like to, uh, obviously, the book is out, and and people could get it online. Uh, where can they learn more about the book? Do you have a, a website about it? Yeah, you can get it on my website, which is just jamessudikow.com, and it's available on Amazon, hard copy or or uh, ebook. If you if you do come out with a new copy of this, please come back because this is this is a fun half hour, and obviously, as we heard from the calls, it resonates with a lot of people. So, thanks, James, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you, James Sudikow. And by the way, his website, if you're going to jamessudikow.com, you spell Sudikow, S-U-D-A-K-O-W. Picking the low-hanging fruit and other stupid stuff we say in the corporate world. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.